Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Kind of a spooky time of year out there. I absolutely love it. It's a time to watch scary movies. It's a time to listen to scary stories. And there are plenty of them out there. For instance, I had never heard of the Bell Witch Haunting. It's from the United States and it's a couple of hundred years old, but it's something like the the mother of all haunting stories because so much of haunted house folklore probably derives from this one story. Now, Colin Dickey is the author of Ghostland and American History in Haunted Places and a contributor for Atlas Obscura and joins us now to tell us all about it. Now, Colin, what is the Bell Witch Haunting? The Bell Witch Haunting is one of the weirder hauntings I think I've come across. It's um, a story out of Tennessee, uh, northern Tennessee. There is a, a house uh, that was once owned or, or property once owned by, by a guy named John Bell, as the story goes, who was uh, plagued in the early 19th century by this entity that became known as the Bell Witch, uh, who sort of took up residence in their house, was alternately kind of nice and funny and would do tricks, but also became increasingly malevolent uh, and things got very dark very quickly. Colin, this sounds like a movie. This, this doesn't sound real. How do, how do we know? Like, what, what happened here? Yeah, so um, it's, it's a really fascinating story. And, I, and, and as I, I, I delved into the story, I found some really interesting plot twists. So most of what we know of the story of the Bell Witch comes from a book that was published in 1890 by... Uh, a journalist um, who so and the events of the Bell Witch haunting take place in the early 1820s about so this was long after the story and it had been kind of um, kind of floated around as local history but this this author and uh, this journalist in 1890 put together the 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 true authenticated history of the Bell Witch based on things that he had found um, and uh, and so right so the so this this sort of malevolent Force starts appearing in John Bell's home um, and um, takes up a liking to both his his wife and his daughter and is sort of protective of them, but is meanwhile sort of causing uh, John Bell sort of increasingly uh, uh, difficult problems. Uh, will will harass him, will insult him. Uh, John Bell is a is a is an owner of of enslaved people, and he will and the the Bell witch will. Uh, harass and, and hurl sort of racist invective towards the enslaved people living uh, under bondage in, on John Bell's property. And, and increasingly things become more and more dire as this figure starts to exert this uh, protective aura around Betsy Bell, his daughter, um, and, and turn increasingly vicious towards, towards John Bell, the patron. Okay, this almost sounds like, I, mean, I guess the modern day versions of this would be things like, um, um, you know, Amityville Horror or things like that, stories like that. It sounds very similar. Oh, yeah. And in fact, this story, as it became popular, became the basis for, I think, a lot of contemporary uh, American hauntings. There, there is a story based on the, uh, um, on the Bell Witch haunting um, 
think an American Haunting, I think that's the one of it. Uh, but also the Blair Witch Project took some of its inspiration from, from the Bell Witch. You see a lot of the kind of tropes that become standard in horror films used over and over again um, get their start here. This, the, the Bell Witch is in many ways a kind of prototypical American haunting story. This, this family lives on the frontier out kind of in the middle of nowhere, um, and they're beset by forces. You have a, a father figure trying to keep his family together and protect them as they're sort of beset by things that they, they have no control over, and things become increasingly more violent and scary. So what is a prototypical then haunting story, as you call it? What, is, what does that mean? I mean, for me, what, what was really fascinating about the story of the Bell Witch is, um, you know, Northern American, you know, settlers and colonizers, they, they, they have this whole idea of, of the West, this kind of area where the normal rules of civilization don't apply. And, and of course, throughout the 19th century, the West moved further and further. But, you know, in the 1820s, when the Bell Witch story supposedly takes place, um, Tennessee is very much on the, on the frontier. You know, it's still a place that is seen by white colonists and settlers as something fantastical, uh, dangerous, where the laws don't apply. And so, so you have these stories over and over again of these, these people trying to sort of exert civilization, right? They come in with their, they build churches, they build little towns, they have these families, the families are run by, you know, these patriarchal father figures who, whose job it is to exert kind of masculine order and, um, you know, bring religion and, and commerce to this, this uncivilized land. And yet you have these stories of these, these malevolent or kind of supernatural forces that are always pushing back that, that need to be kind of fought in this battle of good and evil. And I think that the Bell Witch story is really fascinating because it is one where um, the, the, the patriarch ends up losing. So, so ultimately, uh, John Bell gets very sick and the Bell Witch uh, says, you know, sort of speaking uh, to the, the people, says, I've, I finally poisoned John Bell and he won't get up and he, and he dies a couple days later. And it's, it's one of our few uh, stories of, of a haunting where, where the ghost actually commits a murder, at least as far as we know. So Colin, you write about these things. Have you ever experienced one of these things, gone somewhere where you thought, yep, this place is haunted? I mean, I've spent some time in a lot of really unsettling places. So for, for my book, Ghostland, uh, where I went around to a lot of different haunted places, one of the, the more unsettling places I went to was the Moundsville Penitentiary in Moundsville, West Virginia, this, this giant fortress of a place that was, that was really designed architecturally to, to make you feel bad. You know, the, the architecture mm -hmm. was part of the punishment, and it, it, had, a, it had a very kind of, just just bad feeling vibe all about it. Um, the other place that was really fascinating is I went to a brothel in Nevada outside of Reno that was supposedly haunted. Um, and one of the women who worked there showed me this uh, video that she had taken of herself where this, this orb of light had sort of attacked her and knocked her over. And of course, it was only visible in the video. In, in, in real life, she couldn't remember how exactly she had fallen that way. Okay, so you have seen some creepy stuff out there then. I mean, I've seen some stuff that I don't have ready explanations for. You know, who knows? There's, you know, a lot of possibilities out there. I try and be pretty open-minded, but sure. I think we've all seen something at one point in our life that we don't have a, a necessarily easy 
explanation for. And that's, I don't know, that's part of the reason we keep coming back to these. Yeah, things. that's it, right? Do you think that's what it is? Like, we love the mystery. We love the fact that there might just be some things out there that we can't explain. Yeah, I think that's true. I think people want to believe that there's something that that is invisible, that, that is, there's not an, an easy explanation for. And, and it sort of is reassuring to know there might be more out there, however you so define that. And you certainly don't run out of places to write about, do you? Like, do people t- write to you and say, hey, you must come here. You've got to write about these stories. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, I've gone um, all over the place looking for, for random places. One of the one of the the other unexplained things I, I have in my uh, the book that came after uh, Ghostland, The Unidentified, is about the Great Kentucky Meat Shower, where I went to see the last bit of meat that supposedly fell out of the sky in 1876 over Olympia Springs, Kentucky, and it's, it's still in a jar in a university in, in Lexington, Kentucky. So, you know, yeah, there's always there's always <laughs> some weird new thing to go out and see. It certainly sounds like it. Colin, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on. That's Colin Dickey. It's still weird, right? Meat shower? What is that? Colin is the author of Ghostland, an American history in haunted places and contributor for Atlas Obscura.